This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... Class? Style? I don't think so. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. What a week. What a week indeed it has been. So... Nikki went in for repairs. She's all done, ready ready to hit the ice. <laughs> Nikki got herself a tune-up. <laughs> yeah. And mine gets to be next week, so you guys have to deal with moaning and groaning for like another week or two. Mostly and then from Tom, because be, well, obviously Nikki didn't get a chance to talk about her surgery because Tom had to horn in and talk about his. Well, don't worry, because, you know, once Tom is done, then everything's good. Oh, is that the way it goes? Do you want to talk about your surgery? It was my first time going under. Like, it was my first time ever having, like, anesthesia. Did you love it? Oh, my God. It was, like, incredible. Like, <clears throat> I remember, like, getting on the bed in the OR, and, like, they, like, I walked in. Like, I wasn't wheeled in or anything like that. And they're like, okay, hop up on the bed. And it was, like, really soft and foamy. And it was warm. And I was like, oh, it's so warm. Because, like, when I walked in, I was very taken aback. Because an OR is just a creepy, creepy place. Because it's so, but it's so clean and it's so bright and it's so cold. And then I get on this bed and I'm just like, okay. And the girl's like talking to me. She's like, tell me what you do. What's your favorite story that you've ever done? And what's your favorite color? <laughs> Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? And then they like put the, they just, put, they put the like oxygen over my mouth. And they're like, Okay, I'm like, is there any special way that like I should be breathing? Like, no, just breathe because here comes the magic juice. And then that's <laughs> all that I like. I remember like coming to, and there was like a couple women like staring over at me, like asking me to like how I'm feeling, and I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. And you think you're forming complete sentences, yeah. and they think they're talking to Frankenstein. Yeah, pretty yeah. much how it works out. Yeah. yeah. And then like somebody in passing had said that it was like four o'clock, and I was like, Jesus Christ. What what happened? Like I thought, like maybe I'd wake up and be like Rick from The Walking Dead, like the first episode when he wakes up and he's like in the hospital, like completely alone. <laughs> oh, if only no, there was a lot of people in the hospital. There? They were all annoying. I just <laughs> I was like, good thing we're in a hospital because when I saw beating your asses, you don't you have can that get, far to go. Yeah, you can easily get <laughs> medical attention. Like my God, man, the rudeness in the hospital yeah. is just unbelievable. Because, you know, the only time I go, because like you said, is this is your first operation. So the only time I really go to a hospital is when I'm getting, going into the hospital When you are the something. center of attention. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's usually, I'm in the ER, and then they give me drugs, and then it's like, all right, no big deal. I don't really care what's happening around me. Or I'm admitted, and then once I'm in a room, it's kind of like I got to deal with three idiots, because usually it's four <clears> people <throat> to a room. That's the most it can possibly be. And it's like, all right, I can deal with that. But when you went in... Just the waiting room, jam-packed, like so packed. And it's mind-blowing to me that there's like no cell phone rules. Like that people could just make as many phone calls as they want from the waiting room. And it's like, you know, you got, I would say, at least 30 people sitting there. Yeah. And out of 30 people, I would say 12 of them were on their phone at any given time. And it's kind of like no one can hear what they're saying and stuff. They should just say, all right. If you want to text, you want to be on, you do something on your phone, right. you can. There's but if you need like to talk, go over. outside. Yeah. You know, go go make a phone call outside. If you have to go to smoke a cigarette outside, you shouldn't be allowed to Because like if on you're your waiting phone. for someone who like just had, God forbid, like a life-threatening like heart attack or something, like the last thing you want to hear is like somebody talking about somebody who's there for like, oh, they got like a cut on their arm or something. Yeah, some trivial bullcrap because <laughs> they got like so minorly injured but it was just like that was the only complaint. you know complaint really i mean the hospital that you went to which was columbia mm-hmm. um number one in the city which you didn't know i, I mean, didn't know yeah i had no idea i thought your thought, hospital i always well, thought your hospital was number one and why you langoon is 
quite, quite the place. Which we'll be going back to this week anyway, because yes. I know you love going. No. I do. I do love going there. <laughs> it's like my second home. Actually, you don't even need to go this week. I'm I know where all go the good eateries are. It has a very good cafeteria. <clears throat> well, you know. Yours has, a, I mean, Langone is like top notch for cafeteria. <laughs> and they have a really good apple juice. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> what else do you need? I mean, if they have good apple juice, that's all. Is it hard apple cider? Cause I think that's not really apple juice, Nikki. When you go to a hospital, you're not supposed to have a large alcohol well, then, intake. Well, then they shouldn't sell it there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't sell, like, solo cups filled with morphine, because I feel like I would get a to-go cup Jesus every time, Christ. no matter what the cost. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, like, when I woke up and I was like, I'm still, like, I'm in pain. And they're like, okay, we'll give you some more drugs. And then, like... I've lost a couple more hours and I was like, this is the greatest fucking thing that has ever happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing how fast it works. Like, it's like, oh my God, it hurts. And then they're like, all right, just give it a minute. And then like within five minutes, it's like, I don't feel anything at all. Yeah. And then by the time like they were stopping and I was like, you know, I'm starting to feel some pain again. Cause like I had no idea what was happening because I just kept passing out and they were like, (laughs) okay, well we're not like, you know, now we're going to wait, we're going to have you eat something. And like, they like shoved like a graham cracker in my mouth and gave me like ginger ale and I hadn't eaten in like 24 hours or something by that point. And I'm just like trying to eat this graham cracker. And I'm just like, <laughs> like a sloth trying it to eat. It was like, like it was like, so oh. gross. And I'm like, I don't want to eat it. Just give me my pill. <laughs> yeah, God. But I was like, she was like, yeah, we're past like that point because she, it was like by that point it was like five o'clock. And I was like, God damn, I went in at like 11. Like, where did this time go? It went slowly for some of us. It went really slowly. <laughs> but I did get to go to Boston Market, though, while you were in there. And then after you got and out. And you even came home. I came home. <laughs> I dropped off my Boston Market leftovers. And then I went back to the hospital again. Because, I mean, it's literally like, what, 14 blocks. blocks away from here or something like <clears throat> yeah, that? Yeah, it's like it's, 20 blocks away. Yeah, it's, it's so, so, so close. And the and the blocks uptown are like way shorter than they are than in Midtown. Like yeah. I feel like Midtown they're way more spread out. Yeah, no, it was it was you know all in all like you know for first surgery, knock wood, you know it was. Don't knock wood when we're recording. But, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but you know after all said and done, then Tyler came right. Yep. And she was then, taking pictures of me, and then she got in trouble. And I, yeah, and I was like, "Don't come to the hospital." I'm like, "We'll be out in a little while," because we thought they were going to keep you overnight. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when we got there, they were like, "No, we're going to let you go home." And I was like, "All right." So Tyler's like, "I'm coming," and I'm like, "Why are you coming? Like, we're going to be home in a little while." And sure enough, she comes. Then she takes pictures, like you said. Got in trouble for like. Because she went out in like the middle of like the recovery room and like and was just taking pictures of me pictures. from afar, which she wouldn't even be able to see me. In her from that old school camera that she was taking. Yeah, but still, she, I mean, that was just a common sense thing where she was like, "Well, I couldn't get a good picture with that," and I was like, "Dude, whatever." An artist cannot be tamed, Tom. Well, we'll talk more about Tyler later. But one more thing before we get into her, and, or you know, and and you know, of course, you heard is the fact that she took over the last seat in the cab, the person that wasn't supposed to be here, which made me have to walk even further. And what did I get to do, though? You brought home a shamrock shake. I got a shamrock shake. The chocolate one. Oh, my God. Like, why did they never think of that before? I don't know, man. But that was like my first time stepping inside a McDonald's in over two years because we didn't get a shamrock shake last year. We didn't get one before that either. Like, it's been a long time since we had a shamrock shake. So it must have been like three years because I remember when we lived in like the old apartment. Yeah. Maybe it had gotten a shamrock shake. We went to the McDonald's underneath the 125th Street one overpass. Yeah, that was a creepy, creepy area. Yeah. But for a shamrock shake, you make those sacrifices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially now, that chocolate mix. And I like oh how they put God. mint syrup in vanilla ice cream as opposed to just like mint flavored ice cream. Stop talking about it because you might need to go get one tonight because I'm housebound. No, I think you're recovered, man. I'm not supposed to be doing anything at all. I feel like I've been out so much this week. Can and everybody like, oh, please what just feel bad for me because I had the audacity to have something happen while Tom has something happen? Well, it's over now. 
It's over now. You could just move on. You got to get you got to get on with your life. I am You're to recovered. recover for four to six weeks. So You're recovering. All right. And this is the guy who told me that we're driving past because we had to go to the hospital on Friday for just a quick checkup for something. And we're in the cab on the way back and we pass our favorite florist. And he's like, oh, I almost got you flowers from there the other day, but they didn't have any outside. And I didn't know how expensive it would be on the inside. So I didn't go in that day that he had to walk home, that he chose to walk home. Yes. That so is thank you 100% for the percent true. Like, you know how to make a girl feel special. Listen, I don't know what's going on with my job situation right now. So it's hard for me to go and say, I'm going to go and buy $30 worth of flowers when $30 might be, you know, two weeks worth of ramen we're going to be able to have before we have to get kicked out of our apartment. Okay, so how much ramen could a drone that you purchased That's a work expense. Oh. That's a work expense. Because you know we're doing High Regard Show Presents, as the listeners know, because we mentioned it last week as well. So... With High Regard Show Presents, it cannot be normal cuts of cameras. Like, it has to be weird, you know, just completely mm-hmm. odd things. Mm-hmm, and sure. so that's that. So that's it. And it's not like you. I won't let you touch the drone. I won't let you fly it, but you can definitely <laughs> touch it if you want to. You don't to. even let me use the new Apple remote. I would let you use the Apple remote, but your big thumbs always mess it up. Let's get into what you heard. All right. I'm tired of you. So this week's You Heard, obviously, is going to come to us from Columbia Presbyterian in the recovery room where I spent, you know, a couple hours of my life on Monday. And only a couple of minutes awake, so. (laughs) But as we were getting ready to leave, um, they were pulling, like, a kid in who just came out of surgery. And he wakes up and says, man, you guys really knocked me out. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, sweetie, ask for your drugs before they take them away from you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You got to know when to hold them. Like, seriously, it's like, just don't say anything. You'll get more. And he just like was looking around like, and I'm like, I'm like, that's exactly like I'm looking at exactly what I must have looked like because I've never like I've seen you like, you know, the bear post opera operation, like when you're like the best Tom ever because you're just like this. Hey, hey. <laughs> no, we actually <laughs> talked about this. I told you I was going to write a bit on it right? Yeah. for like the next time I do stand up where no matter what the situation is, when I get like put under. The first thing when I wake up is, like, it doesn't matter what I hear, what's around me. I wake up, and as soon as I open up my eyes, I go, what? <laughs> like, for no reason whatsoever. And then they'll go, what? And I'll be like, what? And, and because, like, I don't know why, but, like, the the unconscious revealing coming through has to start off with a question. Like, because it, it just can't just be like, hey, man, relax for a minute. Everything's cool. It's got to just start off with a question. It's like, I need answers. Like, what's going on right now? You know? And I think that would be a good bit, like, eventually. Maybe. I don't know. It's funny when we're wasted. and <laughs> like True. all Like, all of these bits that we think of, it's like, oh, man, that was funny. And then, like, we're sober up, and it's like, that's not really that funny. <laughs> it is funny. It is. We it do is. have a lot of painkillers floating around we the do. house right yeah. now. There's, so. a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. In our, there's a lot in our medicine our, our medicine cabinet overfloweth and i am not in any way complaining no we're to the point where we're condensing pill bottles we're like are these close to the same let's all throw it in the same bottle it's like <laughs> these like are cool shake it up and be yeah. like winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> that's it you never know what you it might be you know like a 0.5 milligram or it might be like a 16 milligram you don't know you don't know and that's part of the fun it, it really is am part i gonna of the be fun. slightly out or am i gonna be totally comatose who knows let's see what happens hey you can always take a second one yeah exactly <laughs> with the chaser with the sidecar a sidecar of a five milligram Yeesh. and that's this week's you heard that tom horned in on boo so because i was laid up from my surgery i wasn't able to go to something like really Really oh. big for the kid this week, unfortunately. There's always something. I tell you this all the time. 
but it's no still, I'm what. a mama bear. It doesn't like it doesn't help. I get it, but there's something big happening for the kid every week. This week, she got into a show, um, which was, let's see, it was at Brooklyn Central, mm-hmm. which Dumbo. is in Dumbo, which is lo- located at 33 Washington Street, and um, they were doing a. Um, what was it? Hashtag resist? Yeah, it was like a resist um, show and sale to yeah. like raise money. Right. And it was raising money for mostly Planned Parenthood. Ish. And um, what else? And um, the Ali Forney Institute, I think. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. I thought you but while you're looking that up, um, you know, she got the call for that. She submitted some work on, I would say, I think Monday night and then on Wednesday night they called her and they were like you're in the show and then on Friday night was the show so because of Nikki's surgery she wasn't able to go so I was I should not have gone 100% of course but I was like all right I'll go it's a straight shot there I'll hang out for like a little bit and then hit the road and I'm glad I went it was crazy packed with people i mean it was a very very good turnout um i think she submitted six pieces she got one in the show yeah and it seemed like everybody got one in because there was like 20 there was like more than 20 like there was almost i think like two dozen artists that were featured in it yeah so i mean and um i'm sorry before we go in all proceeds were donated to the reproductive health access project an organization that provides training and support and supporting clinicians to make reproductive health care accessible to everyone and the ally ally forney center an organization that protects lgbtq youths from the harms of homelessness and empowers them with the tools they need to live independently two things that are extremely extremely important right now uh, well yeah because i mean funding more for than ever all before. of those things yeah. are completely going yeah. away so i feel like a lot of shows like this should be popping yeah up. and i mean and that was like and that's what's so awesome um is just that like it's like we have to get creative now because think about back in the 60s like when this kind of shit was hitting the fan when like civil rights and stuff was like really reaching its you know critical mass like that's when so much great music came out so many great like creative movements came out and, like, it's time that, like, creatives rise up. Well, yeah, I feel like we're, like, the only ones, man, that can actually do anything about it. Because businesses, I mean, big businesses only care about, like, their tax write-offs. They got, like, the right person in the White House as far as, like, getting oh, yeah. tax breaks yeah, and stuff like, like that. Yeah, like he said that CEOs are very happy. Yeah, well, CEOs are not fucking America, asshole. Well, CEOs are always happy. If you just look at their bonuses, they have no reason <clears throat> to be. It's yeah. the regular people who go to work every single day and don't get that bonus yep. at the end of the year. Yeah. And, you know, it's like when you're... You know, if if you are lucky enough to get a raise in a, in a job, a what does a what? it even equal what the cost of living that goes up every year comes out to? Because yeah, right? I mean, the cost if the cost of living was going up, you know, three or four percent, and your raise is like you know under two percent, well, you know, guess what? At, at some point, you're going to be priced out. And, and that's the that's the direction the country is going in. And as far as raising money for these events, you're turning to the people who have no money and saying, can you just find a way? And the only way to do it is to be creative. And, I mean, you know, this is one show. They do shows like this all like the time. all the time. And this, this isn't all they the do. first show that, like, I've seen. There's been tons and tons of shows like these. And I think that... They're going to continue because it's so important and there's so many organizations that are going to need help. Yeah. So, I mean, it was awesome that she got in. She felt really good with the fact that she Mm -hmm. got in. She was like, I can't believe I got into this show. Not because she got into this show. Just because this kid is the, what is it, ideal artist where she is just so out there as far as just wanting to help people mm-hmm. like she's not doing it for money or anything like that she didn't get anything for this right but she did sell prints at yeah. like a gallery which is freaking amazing such an amazing accomplishment for somebody who's not even out of school yet yeah she's <laughs> she's not even 18 she's yet. not even 18 and she was afraid when she was filling out the application that they were going to ask her age and she was going to be like um i'm 
not even of age to like sign up yeah. off my own work right now without like a parent signature, but they didn't even ask her for it. So luckily, because I think they know that like students like need to voice their opinions because they're going to be directly affected by this way more than the people that are making the decisions and who made the decision to put this fuck face in the White House. Well, that's it. And I think that like also students get to look at it at a different perspective than we do. Because I would say we're definitely at the midlife point. So for us, it's kind of like, all right, listen, if it all goes to hell, we made it to the halfway mark. Where younger people are kind of like... Their lives are just beginning. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we are walking into like just a clusterfuck of a A situation right now. And like they see it for a much longer term than we see it. Because we know... If things go bad, we only have so much time. They right. have, like, a lifetime to go. Hopefully, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> for whatever that's worth right now, who yeah, the hell right. knows? But, I mean, you're looking at, like, the other artists that were there last night, and, and I would say she was probably one of the youngest ones, if not the youngest one there, which was, you know, she didn't pick up on. And right. it was kind of like, man, you just got to, like, just take it all in, like take in the whole surroundings as to what's happening around you. Like w- a picture was so good. And, you know, we'll try to post it up, you know, to give you an idea of what it is if we can get a copy from her. In fact, I have a picture of yeah. her with the picture yeah. that she's. Yeah, we could put it up on our site. Um, and, you know, looking at it the way it was placed and stuff like that. She got a lot of looks. Like, there was a ton of people, yeah. like, hovering, like, right around her photo. Because her picture was um, this kid, like, the back of a kid who was up on their, his father's, it's a boy, right? No, it wasn't that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. So, it's a kid who was, like, on the back of his or her father's shoulders holding a sign, and the sign says, we don't build walls. Yes. So... Yes. And it was they, a very powerful because everything was protest related because it was called resist. So it's like resist, you know, right. be a part of the resistance. And I mean, there were some <laughs> pictures that were kind of like in the exhibit that weren't protest related, but like had more of like a lesbian, gay or transgender like overtone to it. And I mean, some of them were. I mean, God, man, beautiful, beautiful work that was in there. There was one photo that I particularly liked a lot, and it was um, a photo of, and it was like just very, very dark gray sky and just a bunch of colorful umbrellas. Mm -hmm. And then like all you see are umbrella tops and just one arm sticking out from the middle of it, and there was a sign that just said, um, um, we were all immigrants at one point (laughs) too. And I was like, man, that's such a great photo. And – I told Tyler before we even got in, I was like, all right, here's the deal. I was like, I'm going to, of course, buy a copy of your photo. Mm -hmm. And I'll buy whatever photo you want outside of this. Right. And I'm like, oh, but I'm going to buy yours. And even though I can get a copy of her photo for a dollar. A dollar. Which we would. We'd spend more to get it, like, printed nice. but And we've spent much more to get those prints. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was like, but we'll – I'm like, oh, and – I'm like, I'll buy one of yours, and you can pick anyone else you want to have. And so um, she changed her mind like two or three times, and then finally she like found one by the time she made it through the whole thing. And um, it was a picture of a little girl. With long blonde hair. With long blonde hair. and She had what, like a knit cap on, probably pink. We don't – I'm assuming because it's like a black and white photo. Yes. And she's smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And she's holding a sign that says – what did it say? The future is female. That's right. But like she's, it, it's so like. It's very Sally Man like, which is the reason why she like liked it so much because Tyler herself is a Sally Man fan, and um, if you don't know Sally, she had done a, a series of photos with her own kids, um, where she had pictures of them smoking cigarettes and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. you know. A while ago and it was very very controversial and you know she was like I don't care this is my exhibit this is what I'm doing right. and you know Tyler kind of finds empowerment in things like that where she where artists don't care what other people think right. and I'm not sure she's there yet because Tyler cares I think too much about what people think she'll capture things and then kind of do it like on a down low yeah because she has 
I I know we mentioned it in the past, but I mean like binders full of photos that she doesn't even show anyone anything. And now that it's starting to be crunch time for her to get into colleges and stuff, she's going through like, I guess, more, you know, not ordinary photos. She's trying to get things out of the norm to stand out right, to get into schools. She's, Which means that she's getting more confident in her work, which I think that, you know, that's a rite of passage. And right. I mean, she's still so young where like you'd see people you know it took me a long time to get confident in my work when I started writing and stuff and I was like I don't know why I'm at this newspaper you know what I mean but like (laughs) then you reach that point where you're just like you have to reach that confidence level because you are the promoter of yourself right and and she's definitely getting getting there there, yeah but I mean to see the stuff that she has like you know the stuff that she doesn't share is just like incredible because it's you know we were going through it when she was getting ready to do this resist show and um you know just looking at some of the work it was like god damn man it's like this stuff is so incredibly strong like why aren't you sharing this when you come home at night and she was like i don't know i didn't think anything of it and it's like going this is like your best stuff is Mm -hmm. the stuff that she's capturing on the streets because there was a point where all she wanted to do was street photography right and she would, like, say, like, all right, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go, you know, walk around, like, the village and just shoot people. And, you know, just to get in people's faces and take photos is, you know. This is a kid who couldn't even order in a restaurant without, like, you know. Having <laughs> a panic help. attack, or be seriously. Like, can I get this? And then be like, you guys order for me, you know. Like, she would seriously get, like, panicked having to, like, order for herself. Yeah. Like, and not even restaurants. We'd go to, like, stupid, like, fast food places and she wouldn't want to like order a slice of pizza like you know at the counter because she was like I don't want to talk to people and now she's like walking up to people like in the city who I would say probably 40% of the time don't even speak her language and she's just like going hey mind if I take your picture and then she'll snap it before she even gets an answer and even (laughs) just like you know the classes that she's taken at ICP like from that very first time like when she's whenever you take a class you know or a program at, at ICP at the end you have an exhibit and then you have to get up and like it is a requirement that like you get up and you speak you read your artist statement. five minutes yeah you have to give. <clears throat> and you know so she like the first time she like gets up and it's like okay kid like you like there's we've got some notes that like you know and then by the next semester when she, at the end of the next semester's program she was like a pro and every time we've heard her speak at the other like four classes she's taken since then it's been like holy shit like this kid is a way better like professional speak like public speaker than like i will ever be and i have a goddamn podcast (laughs) (laughs) but she started like way younger though too than anyone you know than us as well so it's not like you know when you start later in life i feel like you don't snap into it as fast as you do when you're younger I mean, last night, like I like I was telling you, she was doing everything so right where she was, you know, she walked in. She The first thing she did was made a beeline right for, like, the person who put the show on, mm-hmm. thanked them, talked to them for a few minutes, explained why she, she submitted the shots that she submitted. because He didn't even ask. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, I thought, like, these pictures might have been good because, you know, it was from, like, the first protest that happened, like, in the city that I got to and stuff. And that's where most of these shots came from. And, and then she went over the whole thing. And the guy was totally into the story. Like, he was like, wow, man. Like, because I guess... If you ask somebody where did the photos come from, they have no problem telling you. But I don't think most people just walk up to you and say, hey, listen, I took this shot because of this yeah. and just offered up the information so freely. <laughs> when he was probably like, well, what the hell? She likes to talk. She does like to talk. Well, she does <laughs> like to talk. I don't know where she gets that from. but I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, after the show is over, she and then she met the curator. And then after that, you know, the people would be like standing by her work and that people would ask her like, "Oh, did you do this? Did you do any of these photos?" And she'd be like, "This one's mine." And I mean, like, just talking to people about like her work, which is something that, you know, I mean, she used to have a hard time doing that in front of us, yeah. and now she's doing it in front of complete strangers. And then she's leaving, and she made sure to like go over to the guy who put the show on again and the curator, and just said, "Thank you so much for having me. And if you ever need anything else, please let me know. This was really great. I hope you guys make a lot of money in the event." So. I mean, she was definitely, like, 
But that's something that you ingrained in her, even when she like was in sports with both your kids. You did that where, you know, you go thank the coach after it, you know, and and it's just like that gratitude that goes a long way. And like, you know, and I think like we're both very grateful people when, you know, we're given opportunities like you fucking like, oh, you didn't hit me as hard today with the switch. Thank you. Thank you, man. Have another, you know, like we're just so grateful for a moment of kindness. And I wonder if that's the right way to go because I feel like the people who are bastards get so, so far ahead, so man. Far ahead, we yeah. talk about this all the time. Like whenever we're like bitching about like work or anything like that, like related right. outside of, you know, like our professional lives for the most part. And it's kind of like we look at it and we're like going, man, who makes it in like the professional world? Like it's never the grateful people. And if it is, it is rare that you get like somebody who's so grateful for their job that – you know, they get to be rewarded. And you could tell because it seems like every time somebody leaves a company that is super nice or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's always like, wow, he was one of the rare ones. No, it's not that that person was rare. It's just that you promote assholes all the time. And it's like, oh, and that's what the problem is. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure that you know this story, but... Years ago, I used to work for a television station. And when I first got hired for the job, the job was supposed to be for um, a multimedia marketing manager. And I was supposed to, like, run their entire website. Mm -hmm. But at the time, they had a woman in there um, who was older, like, like older, older, like probably, like, in her 50s going into her 60s. Didn't have any web experience. I'm not saying you can't be in your 50s and 60s and do a good job, but you have to have some kind of experience. Sure. In any job, doesn't matter what it is, as we're noticing with the presidency right now. <laughs> but, like, um, you know, I had a ton of experience going in. And at my interview, which was for, a, you know, doing news graphics design. Mm-hmm. I was told right up front, like, hey, listen, you're only going to be doing news graphics and animation for a little while because we're going to slide you into this position because you'd be great at this position. I didn't ask for it. This is what they told me. Now, like, you just got to hang on for a while. So over a year goes by, and I'm like going, what is going on with this position? And they push off everybody's reviews. Finally, it's like a year and four months till I finally get my year review. And I'm sitting in there with, like, the president of the television station, and he's like, we had, like, a staff Mm -hmm. meeting coming up. Okay. And he was like, you know, he goes, listen, he goes, before we have the staff meeting, he goes, I just want to say you're doing a really great job. He goes, I know that you were promised this position. He goes and says, but something came up. Now, by this time, the woman who was in that position Mm -hmm. was let go. There was no one in that position for, oh, I would say four or five months at this point. And they had me doing the job. The pay bump would have been huge. It would have been almost double my salary as to what I was making Damn. at the time. And um, I was I was just like, man, I can't wait. Because at the time, I was fighting for the kids and stuff like that. And I right. was like, I need every penny I can get. And I was like, oh, and so let's see what happens. Winds up being, he was like going, although you'd be great for the job, and as soon as he said that, I'm like, shit, here's where we take a nosedive. Here's the rub. He goes, we have a salesperson who is our top salesperson, like, by far. She doesn't. She wants a promotion. We have no promotion to give her. We cannot afford to have her go to the competition because if she does, we'll be screwed because she's going to take all of her clients with her. Mm-hmm. And being she's the top one, we'd be completely screwed. Got it. So... He's like, we're going to give her this job. And it was like, you got to be kidding. And my first question is, how can you possibly do that? Number one, she has no experience. And you're going to remove your top salesperson from making like, sales to do Like, just create a this. senior position for her. Like, just create a bullshit title. They did that at my paper for the most inept people. But I think it was a budget thing where they're like, my oh, well, we have to fill. Not my new right, right, right. right. <laughs> Back in Pennsylvania, of course. Of course. So go figure. But that was it. I think for budgetary reasons, they were like, well, we have an opening here, but we don't have an opening here, so we can give her this title and we can give her this money and we don't lose her. Even though she's not selling anymore, at least she's not giving the business to some, you know, one of the competitions. 
And, and there was a lot of com- there was like so much competition in such a oh, small yeah. tiny market. Yeah, there was like uh, there like were a three bunch sta- of stations. Yeah, there was like yeah. four stations within like a twenty mile radius. Yeah, which was crazy, but it was just like yeah, no, that's bullshit. Like that's just bullshit. And then finally, I was like, going, how can you do this? She doesn't have experience. Like I don't understand. I waited over a year to get this position, and the answer that I got was, well, what are we supposed to do? She's complaining. And the squeaky wheel gets to grease. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And it's like, because I'm nice and I play along, I don't get anything. And you wasted like almost, like you didn't waste, but like. I kind of did waste. You kind of waste like a I year kinda of did wa- I, Well, I wasted almost a, a year of salary, you yeah. know, being doubled for sure. So it was just <laughs> like, man, this is absolutely insane. And. So what was the point of the story? The point of the story is to bring it all around <laughs> for you is, is that like. You and I, we're not squeaky wheels, so we just get crapped on all the time. Whereas Tyler, on the other hand, so the opposite. She'll, like, do something, and she as soon as she's done with it, she doesn't text or send an email like we do. She picks up the phone, and she calls, I want to make sure you got this. What is the next steps? When am I going to hear something? She has argued every grade that she got that has not, like been above an A yeah that like like (laughs) she has argued every single grade that she's had and like almost always successfully won because she's like no I did this I did this I did this I did this like why is my grade this yeah and I always took for granted like whatever grade you give me is the grade I have to get because you're the teacher I'm nobody I'm the student like I don't make but that's not the world that we live in anymore because these kids and I'm not saying you know her because she's above the the age of like the trophy kids but like she's in that same realm where it's like she'll if you're not happy with, with yeah them. we're like you're not if you're not happy with something you have the right to say something where we were raised i was raised in a time where nuns still fucking smack the shit out of you if you misbehaved i think they still do i think they're still allowed in fact when when the kids were going to school in new jersey there was a paper that had to be signed by both parents that said yes i understand that the teachers in the public school districts are allowed to hit the kids. And I was like, I absolutely 100% refuse. If you hit my kid, I'm coming to school, I'm hitting you. <laughs> That's pretty much the way it's going to work. The same way my dad went and hit my violin teacher after he hit me. I remember my principal who hated me. She hated me and my brother because my brother was such a troublemaker when we were in school, like in our Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And it was like the one day that I forgot that we were actually going to take the bus home because my mom always just picked us up. And we were going to take the bus home. And I think this was before we moved to like the country because I was in like first grade, I think. And the nun, Sister Davida, who was an evil, evil, evil person. And... She had this bell, like this big bell with like a wooden handle and it was like a big brass bell and she would ring it and she'd yell out like the bus numbers and she got to like, I think ours was number 10 and she was like bus 10 and then like the bus would pull forward and then the kids who were like to get on that bus would walk out. So like everybody was kind of in these like little holding patterns all around like the schoolyard. Right. And my mom somehow was parked like near the school bus because she was going to get us and she knew that we were going to forget. So she was waiting so she could see us so that she could just get out of the car and be like, guys, you know, don't get on the thing. And for some reason, I was like, you know, I was a first grader, so I was probably like doing a being a jerk or something with one of my friends. Stepping out of line. I was stepping out of line. <laughs> and I was going to get on the bus and my mom called and I stopped and I looked and Sister David took the bell and swatted me on the ass like full force and at this time she was probably in her 30s or 40s and i was like a scrawny little because i had been i was a sick kid so i was like oh yes tiny so like she like swatted me on the ass like like a batter you know what i mean and just like with this bell and i was like "Ah!" and i start like screaming and my mom gets out of her like what i think it might have been her volkswagen beetle her 77 yellow beetle oh, at the time and i think she might have still been in her bathroom because she we only lived like two blocks from the school so i think she did or like a couple blocks from the school so i think she probably just wore her thing didn't think she was gonna have to get out of the car and like beelined it and like caused the scene like if you ever fucking touch my kid again like you're dead Isn't like to a best? nun yeah <laughs> You know, and it was just like, oh, my God. And I remember getting smacked across the face with, like, from our church nun. Right. But, you know, the thing is, though, is that 
I feel like it's your parents. For us, it was our parents who had to like go to bat. Yeah. To make it, you know, to to stand up for us. Now, I mean, kids just take it upon themselves and they're like going, nope. If it's to be, it's up to me. I'm going to be the one that goes out and do the fighting for myself, which is better because, I mean, your parents could only do so much for you for so long. And then after a while, it's kind of like, look, man. You got to fight for yourself. Yeah. It's like if I'm in the hospital and something's not right. It doesn't matter if you call the hospital or not because they're not going to care. Like, they're going to talk to the patient because once you're an adult, they don't, nobody wants to hear from your parents oh, once you really? turn into an adult. Oh, is that true? That <laughs> is pretty true. Pretty true. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like Tyler is in a very good position as far as being able to just say, look, I need this change. I need this to happen. And then being able to call up because. It's a skill that not everybody is taught or learns over time. Mm-hmm. So they have to, you know. Yeah, she's a fighter and she's a squeaky wheel and she's going to get a hell of a lot farther than we did. I feel like I need to be more of a squeaky wheel. I can't believe you don't think you are. Like, you're, you're like the squeaky wheel that, like, just who, stays who, on. <laughs> who just nobody gives a shit about. They're like, he's just squeaky. You're like that one that's on, like, the tractor trailer that's always, like, higher than the other ones. That's just, like... <laughs> but you know what it is, though? It's consequence. Like, I know, I know that's, like, a huge word for me. And I should really get, like, the word tattooed on me somewhere. Because it's the one thing that I believe in more than anything is something there has to be some kind of consequence for certain actions Mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't deliver enough consequence so like if i don't know let's just say like well in a situation where somebody says oh well i'm gonna offer you a promotion and then you know you look at it and you're like going okay well i'm gonna work what did you do at that time like when they said that like you're not getting that job what was your what was the consequence for that that i gave to them you quit. I quit. That was the consequence. And it was like, you didn't want to worry about losing your only, your top salesperson to the competition. Now you lose your web person. Now you lose your news graphic person. And now you lose the person who volunteered for any event you had to make sure that it went well when nobody else would go to your things. That's the person you lose. And I feel like that was the bold move that got me into the casino. Because mm-hmm. then I just walked up to the casino and I'm like, Look, man, they didn't give me what I wanted. It didn't work out. This is what it is. I'm not taking shit from people. And then things kind of moved along the way they were supposed to for a few years before they didn't. But I feel like somehow I abandoned that where I I would just like, oh, well, you better give me what I want or else. And then like people wouldn't. And then I'd be like, well... All right, I don't have anything to like back it up with. Yeah, no, and I, I'm the same way. Like, I'm a terrible negotiator. Like, I am a terrible, terrible, terrible negotiator for myself because usually I find myself in situations when I need something. Well, that's it. We're always behind the eight ball. Yeah. It's like we're never on the top of the wave. And even when we are on top of the wave, we're like, why mess with it? Like, we're at the top of the wave. Yeah. Like, don't mess with it right now. Yeah. Everything is and good. I, and I sometimes find myself in a position where it's like, I need to take this because even though it's less than what I deserve or less than what I, you know, right. should be or what I'm what I'm worth because of the experience that I bring. And then it's like, well, now I'm fucking stuck. And then like you <laughs> see other people and it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Well, that's it. I mean, and this you and I have definitely talked about this like so much over the years where it's kind of like, you know, you look at people with you know, who are half your age with half your experience applying for jobs that are like double your pay and like and ridiculous titles. And double their titles. wheelhouse. Well, that's it. And because it goes back to nobody's ever told these people no before. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, why not shoot for the stars? I know that I'm not qualified for this, but why not shoot for it? Because I haven't ever heard the word no. So it really doesn't make a difference to me. They're just going to keep saying yes. And the weird thing is, is that because of that confidence, People just keep saying right, yeah. yes, and it's kind of like because they talk a good talk, and then like, but once they get in, like once you get the job, it's like okay, you're here, and then you just do enough to get by and complain about it through and through, and my life is so hard. But all these people are making enough money where they can bank it. Where if exactly. they're told in six months, listen, it's not working out, take a hike. Yeah, you can get unemployment. They have enough money banked where they can just take the next six months off and not do anything. Exactly, yeah. And that's what we need to do. And that's like our game plan. 
<laughs> Way to ruin a surprise for everyone. <laughs> There'll be no blindside monstering on this uh, situation. So, uh, all right. Why don't we get into a roly-poly Rorty and just uh, wrap up the show after all that. All right. Hey. That sounds good. All right. Roly-poly Rorty. Roly-poly Rorty. So, roly-poly Rorty, here we are. Here we are. And I'm down to 200.00 pounds from 306 finally. That is amazing. 106 pounds. I couldn't make it to Wonderland this week. And I really, really was thinking like, oh, this is going to be the week that I like make it in, you know, under 200 for like the first time (laughs) in Jesus, man, 20 something years (laughs) that I've been like under 200 pounds. That's incredible. I can't believe it. Like, you've worked so hard. I know, but not lately, though, which is... But eating right and not, like, you know, if this wasn't, like, if these things were happening, like your health issues and stuff like that it was happening in the past, like, you would have derailed yourself. Yeah, you I know? totally would have. And would've. I mean, like, I think the surgery was, like, a good, like, it was a good protector against that for you. Definitely. I feel like um, I missed I missed the running so much. I, I, I miss walking without being in pain is what I yeah. miss too. I mean, it's ridiculous. The And it's not even so much the stones as it is the stint, I think, right now. But I know you love the word, which understand. is why I keep saying it. I'm just going to keep saying it because I know you love it. That's what it is. But I feel like that's where a lot of the pain is coming from. Like when they said no stairs after – you know, when I was feeling like the original pain that got me into the the gastric sleeve surgery, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, don't do stairs before the thing. And, you know, you can't help it in the city. you got to do some kind of stairs, like for anything. It doesn't matter what it is. I avoid stairs at all costs. I try to, too. But, I mean, if you're going to go no, in, yeah, I mean, no. even walking into the medical building, there's stairs to yeah. get in. So, I mean, you can't, like, completely yeah. take them out. And, I mean, I would do them. And it would hurt, sure, but this, I mean, the consequences of doing stairs like this and any kind of any kind of length of a walk is just unbelievable. And it's all, it's not just pain, it's also visual. Like, there's just things where it's like going, all right, I could physically see things that are just completely messed up right yes, now. Yes, so please don't say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the the biggest thing that I miss about running right now and there's absolutely 100% no way possible that this can even be a situation where I can like start until after the operations are over is it was mental therapy right and I don't have that right now at all so it's kind of like you know I'd get frustrated that I was in pain going through recovery after the gastric sleeve thing I would go running which sounds dumb being in pain and going running but at least you're out there and you're not thinking of the pain. And then you get results on top of, of it. Breath. You're just thinking of your next yeah, breath. Please don't let me dive <laughs> on this bridge. On this bridge of perverts and drug dealers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't have that now. So it's kind of like there's, it's frustrating to be in pain and there's no way to get the frustration out. So, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the biggest miss. I feel like if I could have run... I would have easily have been under 200 pounds by now. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah. But, but I mean, for not running, you still have lost like 30 pounds since then, since you stopped running, like 20 to 30 pounds since you stopped running. Yeah, probably like so 20. I- but, but I mean, it's still diet. But, I mean, it, diet and exercise is the key. Of course, of course. And I look forward to finally getting back on that myself because... Oh, you're gonna. I know. You are gonna be running in no time. Oh, yeah good thing you have like somebody with a drone to make sure it could follow you no matter what like (laughs) so there's that i will know if you're cheating drone the next step of stalking the newest stage in stalking that's it man hey man the drones are a cool idea but i could see that for like a workout situation for people where it just like keeps an eye on you like you can get a trainer who just has like a bunch of monitors somewhere and then they're just like watching like six monitors at once like in seven (laughs) yeah and they're just like just sitting at it just looking at like everybody being like hey well camera three pick up the pace let's go i i'm gonna tell i'm not i didn't read the article but i just read the headline but like a woman 
like fought off an attacker while she was like running in a park somewhere Mm -hmm. and her fitness tracker caught the whole thing and it was like i think it might have been like map my fitness or whatever like that walking and running app we used to use like the purple one and like you saw it and it was like the red line was like all squiggly like all over and stuff like that because i guess like he was like chasing her around this park or something where was this i don't know i didn't read i only read the headline (laughs) i didn't read all that's like pretty much i think i clicked on like two articles this week and that was it because i was like you know what i am taking like i can't you are taking a mental health i am taking a mental health break because like i i like checked in with work a couple times like checked my email and i'm just like and then like all the news about the arts and stuff like that like kicked in and i'm like i can't handle this and like yeah just like the budget and everything and i'm like you know what i haven't been on fate i Today was the first day I went on Facebook to check something about the exhibit that we talked about, Resist. And then I haven't been on Twitter in like two days. The That's only thing good. I've checked is Instagram because like you said, therapy dogs. Yes, very, very <laughs> much so. Because I follow more dogs than people. So. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. And why wouldn't you? Because dogs are so much better than people anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, so I think that's really it with Roly Poly Rorty. Right, well, congrats on hitting on. 200, man. Yeah, now, but I just had a Jamaican beef patty today, so I'm probably back up to 203, so. <laughs> <laughs> At least I feel like it right now, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's it for Roly Poly Rorty. Well, thus concludes another week's show. That's a really big shoe. Finally, all right, we're finally done with it. I feel like just his last couple of ones just felt like, I don't know, man, just sitting at a table is a task. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> this is the most I've been, like, upward in a week. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, well, don't worry. We're going right back to the couch as soon as this is over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hurry it up then. <laughs> all right. Um, thanks again to um, Brooklyn Central for showing Tyler's work. I mean, they didn't even know they were going to be on the show, so it's not like they're getting anything for us <laughs> doing it. But, I mean, if you want to check out a really, really cool space, I mean, I would totally recommend um, you check them out at 33 Washington Street in Brooklyn. Um, in Dumbo, which means down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Yes, and you can check out that website, too. Um to see upcoming events. They do a lot of classes there that are inexpensive if you're in the area for photography. I mean, and usually the money gets donated um, to to different things. So, I mean, really, really cool programs. Their website is bkc.nyc, and uh, you can check out all their upcoming events and classes there. And uh, let's see, what else? Um, I believe that's it. You can learn more about the high regard show by checking out our website at highregardshow.com and you can email us any questions or comments you might have to highregardshow at gmail.com and you can always find us on social media as high regard shoe yes and uh over the next couple of days or weeks i would say we should hopefully have a trailer for the high regard show presents and uh you get a first glimpse at what we're about to be airing coming up very shortly keep your eyes peeled that's it it's not going to be an acid trip but it's going to sure look like it (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody thanks so much for listening we will see you again next week bye-bye 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 good night (laughs) good night (laughs) good night (laughs) good night